Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Better Homes and Dungeons, where I'm still not going to introduce this in the same way Robert Evans does. I'm not just going to yell syphilis or anything else, so don't worry. Um, that joke's getting old, I'm going to move on. Uh, joining me today are two people, um, one person I talk to pretty well every week, uh, and someone who I've had the wonderful benefit of talking to before, and and, and I'm ridiculously happy I get to again. Um Jacob, James, lovely to have you both on. I, I hope we burn brighter as, as we got it. No, that was terrible. <laughs> I am super excited to be here. Uh, it is an out-of-this-world podcast, uh, that especially that we have planned today. So, And other space puns. I'm sure more space puns will be coming. Thank you for, for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. There will be many. They will be bad, <laughs> I promise. Uh, and of course, Jacob, who is going to be running Burn Bright for, for us and is uh, Conlon Owlheart uh, in, a, in our usual D&D game. Jacob, how you been? Doing all right and looking forward to this. I don't have any space puns prepared. I basically assume that the players will have all of them and I will just be going along with it. Sure, sure. You spaced out. I hear it. I hear it. Yeah. Uh, I will share the, the the best pun so far in our game was actually from Ethan. Uh, we were talking about, you know, our ship name and everything. Uh, sorry, our ship. And we decided to go with the Bolt. And mm. my little brother said, okay, just to get ahead of Josh, we've, we can't call it the Usain. And, of course, <laughs> that's what we ended up with. Cause... <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. The Usain Bolt. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Ship of the Perfect. Um, okay, so James, I from what little I know of Burnbright, um, this was a game that you put together where essentially their universe is ending, mm-hmm. but that's not a reason to not have hope. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Got it in one. Did you design this with 2020 in mind? <laughs> uh no um so uh so you know uh, the trials and tribulations of role-playing games this was actually supposed to be released uh well before 2020 um and so uh so no i did not uh peer into the crystal ball uh and if i did peer into the crystal ball about 2020 i hope that i would have done more than make a role-playing game that capitalized on it <laughs> That does certainly fit my skill set well, um, but I would at least, I don't know, maybe warn some people. I feel like uh, they're like, hey, there's going to be a pandemic and, you know, other bad stuff's going to happen. <laughs> um, so but you're not the first person to uh, to, to ask that. <laughs> yeah. go, go buy stock in Zoom now. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Um. Now, one thing that Jacob and I both noticed um, with this game is the dice mechanics are very different to, mm-hmm. I would say, any game I've played. Jacob, what, what's your thoughts? So the it's very different from most other games I've played. Um, I've played a few other ones that had, like, you were looking for, uh, you know, doubles or pairs to show up, whereas for this one, you're actively wanting to avoid that right right yeah yeah it was um uh 
uh, and for us, right, like we've we've played games where you're looking for doubles or pairs or you're building a dice pool like in the Star Wars Fantasy Flight games, mm-hmm. right? They have their dice with symbols and, and you're looking for specific symbols to show up and some cancel each other out. But this, right, Burn Bright is a game where um, you roll dice uh, and yeah, you could roll up to like seven dice at a time and you don't want there to be any matching numbers uh, because other if there are, you fail. And when you fail in Burn Bright, you don't just fail, um, you make things worse right uh failure always has a consequence tied to it uh beyond not doing the thing you set out to do um and so uh so yeah that is a a mechanic that uh jim mcclure who's part of the design team um he kind of came up with and the whole team iterated on it and and worked on it and uh and and the idea behind it was like um you know burn bright is very inspired by hopeful science fantasy so things like uh, star wars uh, guardians of the galaxy uh, gundam wing um yeah the expanse even though the expanse is definitely more sci-fi than it is science fantasy um you know these ideas of like hope against all odds and so we assume your characters are competent heroes competent adventurers and we roll not to see if you succeed but to see if you fail and that's kind of the idea behind it <laughs> and i see I, I, would, uh, uh, I see head shaking from both of you about the competent heroes comment you have not met my boy um <laughs> can, can i just ask a quick question is it Ino or inu Oh, great question. Uh, so uh, I, we pronounce it Eno, um, you. but uh, but you know it's your game. Don't don't look. It's you know we're they're made up words. So uh, so you feel you do you. <laughs> Fair There's enough. Also pronunciation I, I'm... guide in the book, or not in the book, but in the yes. materials. Sorry. That's right. I, yes. I would I would point out that very recently I both lost and then gained a job, so I've been a little bit mentally preoccupied, um, <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> Thanks. So did you? Are, so you're playing an Eno? Is that the? Ah uh... uh, yes, I am playing an uh, an Inu. His mm-hmm. name is Quoncat, named after another furry character I played in another <laughs> game. Uh, I'm not going to spoil the joke with his introduction just yet because I've got a terrible one and I'm probably going to get red cards thrown at me. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Excellent. That's great. But and and of- he is, of course, a very Australian in that his like main skill is skullduggery. Um, <laughs> I'm playing to type. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's true. It's a it's a colony of prisoners uh, down there in Australia, uh, yeah. right? Is that a... <laughs> pretty much? Yeah. I and mean, so the, the people to, from have your South Australia like, like to say, "Oh no, not us." It's like, no, no, no. You're stuck in Adelaide, mate. That's a prison in and of itself. <laughs> um, now, with the, with the, with your go, segueing into the skills, um, so the way Burnbright works is you don't have stats. Mm-hmm. Which is yes. cool. Um, yes. You essentially have the three uh, pillars, which, if I recall, are like physical prowess, social abilities, and, you know, uh, mental heart stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. J- Jacob is making head-tapping signs to me like, yes, Josh, <laughs> that, like, you know, good work. Um, what, was, what was it that drove that decision? 
so, you know, there, uh, certainly Burn Bright isn't unique in that respect. Uh, like Fate is a skill based game, right, where you don't have uh, stats. You just have these uh, these skills. Um, and I think what sort of drove that was this idea that uh, when we when we looked at it, we couldn't come up with a good reason once we came up with that core mechanic of rolling dice and the the core mechanic is each of those skills has a die associated with it a d4 d6 a d8 d10 or d12 right and the uh more sides the die has the better you are with that skill because the less likely you are to generate matches each skill roll has a complexity that's set by the gm the higher uh the the complexity the harder the task is that's how many dice you roll so um if you have a d8 in your athletic skill and the complexity is three you roll three d8 did you get any matches uh no then you succeed if not you fail and we determine what failure means usually you hurt yourself break some equipment uh lose some other resource maybe harm an ally um or you suffer some sort of narrative setback right um and so uh, so that's like the basics and when we had that we realized we don't really need uh abilities right we we to to tell that story we need the skills um and and we don't need some sort of ability that then feeds down into more specific skills the way D D or a lot of other systems work um we just need those base skills and then we had to come up with some way to get people to want to use the skills they're not as good with right their d4 skills because hey you're gonna fail and you're gonna find some reason not to use those um and so we have this mechanic called nova points uh then that we introduced and so to earn a nova point which let you activate some like super special kind of superpowers that your character has um you have to use uh one uh one skill of each die size right so you have to use a d4 skill and a d6 and a and you check those off on your sheet as you go when you've checked off every die size um you uncheck all those boxes gain a nova point and then you can spend that nova point to do awesome stuff um and so that's like the very basics and and like i said once we had that it was like i don't we don't need you know broader skill terms what we need to do is divide these skills up into categories and then we can have different conditions right um that affect those categories of skills and that's kind of how we came up with it i know we that's very cool oh sorry jacob oh i was gonna say with the different skills and the kind of like press your luck mechanic of it of uh-huh. trying like oh i'm going to try and maybe handle one situation with the d4 skill only because it kind of seems like it might be something easier than like if they were doing something that like you said was a skill three or four whatever higher rating it might be and right the fact that you also have a fun table of like here's some potential options for things that can happen if they fail i find that very helpful because there's a lot of times i will gm for like a pathfinder game and I absolutely kind of hate trying to come up with creative things all the time for like if, you know, they fail or if they get like a critical failure or something of that nature. It's like, OK, what can I make happen to make this worse for you? And just having that aid to kind of just even if I don't even roll for it and just look and be like, uh, here's some ideas to spark things I think is really helpful. 
Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, that was something that uh, that we on the design team talked about a lot because um, I, I, so I was a big proponent of that table. And, and I was like, we need to have a table of here's some stuff that can happen when you fail, because that is hard to think of um, and, and to not constantly go with you know, like have like an obvious fallback, right? You want that to be varied and surprising because it makes failure fun, right? Like one of the things that I've noticed in playing Burn Bright is that people are on edge because when you fail, it it probably means bad things for you or your friends or so everybody's paying attention when everybody rolls. And when you fail, it's like, Oh, what's it going to be like? Oh, let's roll on this D 100 table of options. And like, what could that mean? Right. Um, and so each one of those options is vaguely worded so that it can, you know, it, it doesn't say here's the mechanical effect. It says, here's something that might happen. Like the first one on the table is something breaks. And that could mean like, a piece of equipment it could mean your leg it could mean the temper of the npc that you are trying to negotiate a deal with right uh any number of things is it could break and so hopefully that gives you as the gm some some fuel for that to then say okay here's what i think could happen or or that kind of thing and it it also lets the player like I love when I'm in a burn break game and the player's like, "Ooh, I think I know what happens. And they describe their own demise. Right. That's that's great. You, you as a GM can't ask for anything better than uh, than a player saying, I think what happens is I punch Paul in the face by accident. And you're like, yes, that is what happens. <laughs> you do punch Paul. That sounds great. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's there's a lot of fun to be had. Um, and there's a lot of fun to be had with pressing your luck, especially in combat. Um, because the way things work in combat, right, is that, like, uh, your first action you take on your turn is at complexity two. And then your next action is at complexity three and so on. And you can take as many actions in combat as you want until you fail um, and you can decide to end your turn early. So there's this little bit of like, do I keep going until I fail, knowing that if I do fail, I could really screw things up. Um, so hopefully that's that's fun for players too. that that bit of press your luck. I have a feeling that the group that I will be running is probably going to <laughs> hinder themselves more with various failures and pushing their luck too far than any of the other things I will throw at them. <laughs> I suspect the cat is going to get it in the neck. <laughs> what um what kind of fur coat? Like what's what's your what's your fur cat pattern? Um I hadn't picked one out as yet. Um uh okay, let's go let, let's make something up now. Um I'm going to say it is going to be an extremely dark chocolatey brown with uh, gray tiger stripes. Ooh, I love it. I, I'm surprised you didn't go hairless. You didn't want to be like a hairless uh, cat. Well, no, because I've I, I've got high suave and there's no way a hairless cat's rocking high suave. <laughs> <laughs> also, That's this means true. that at some point, Jacob's going to say, Josh, all your hair falls out. You take a... a a penalty to suave. Oh shit, he's writing it down. Josh, stop. <laughs> oh no, I'm just making notes because I'm assuming with some of the stuff you're going to come to, it's like, uh, there might be patches of burnt fur at different points. I'm sure you'll be fine. 
<laughs> I am also going to stick with my aesthetic of a cowboy hat and a leather duster. That's, I mean, that is just what I wear. So, you know, of course he has to wear it. It's on brand. Yeah, I mean, although he makes it look better than I do, so that's okay. So can I ask you all a question? Is um, uh, First, thank you for playing Burn Bright. Uh, you have no idea what it means uh, to uh, to play a game that is new uh, for the designers, especially when they're trying to to get it out in the world, especially when it is a great group of role players like yourselves. So thank you for that. Um, so uh, but what uh, what made you decide to uh, to want to run Burn Bright? Um, so for um. one of the things like we'd played a sort of sci fi game of lasers and feelings. And Great so that game. was fun, and that was like a one page, and it was really a lot of fun. And I've read stuff for like Starfinder, but that's like a lot more numbers crunchy. Yes. And also, then I, you know, was looking at Burn Bright, and I honestly really like the, like, like the sci-fi. It the vibe of it. It seems a lot more like kind of like heroic and not as like despite the you know setting of like the universe is collapsing around you it's like it seems more positive like you said whereas like some of the starfinder stuff i was like oh this is really like dark for like a few of them i was like i don't really want to try and run that (laughs) and sure sure (laughs) another part that i really liked is like the fact that it's like oh this is you know sci-fi that's not just like oh here's like a bunch of humans just in space like everyone is completely different sort of like species and i mean even with all of those like with the players we have i'm like three different insectoid species and immediately three of the different players all three different ones i was like cool got it this is great (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome so so is it three insectoids and a cat is that what we're or your crew is looking like and one, and, uh, oh no, I forgot what they're called. The, um, the Peacecraft. The Peacecraft. Peacecraft. Yep. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. That's so really fun. It's going to be. I, I'm, I'm hoping he um, specializes in melee combat. So when he hits people, he can say he hits them with his passive fist. <laughs> I love it. Jane. <laughs> now listen. I just want you to know, Josh, the Peacecraft is ripe for puns because you can uh, uh, ride around inside of them. Um, so th- you've got all kinds of puns about being inside a person uh, and uh, uh, robot puns, um, you know, so you, you're going to be set for a while. I, I mean, I did go a cat so I could be kitten around all the time. <laughs> I am just watching Jacob's face <laughs> turn into the sad emoji. I, I, don't think he's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's feline as good about this as I am. Um, yeah, he's, oh, he's no, upset. it'll be fine. I'm still wondering whether or not, like, how long it will be before all of that happens, especially since we're going to be playing through, like, the Burning Daylight adventure. Oh, great. So... I know what's going to happen at the beginning and where they're going to be starting off at. And I am sure shenanigans will happen 
immediately. <laughs> yes, yes, it yes. is a it is an <laughs> opening that uh, can definitely lend itself to some shenanigans for sure. <laughs> uh, um, especially Jay, considering the location. So yeah, um, to, to answer why I wanted to play this game, um, a lot of it does come down to you actually. Um, I, and I realize that's maybe something of an overly, um, maybe an, an overly nice response maybe, but, but it's, it's, it's a very honest one. Um, I like the work you've done with, uh, you know, things like Tome of Beasts, Tome of Foes. Um, I love the approach you've taken with your dad's monster manual. Um, there's something really lovely and heartwarming about that. And, and I, and I thought I have to play this game because, I, I see what this lovely human being does when, you know, they're tied to 5th edition. And so I want a better exploration of how they see the universe. And what they've done is said it doesn't... And what they've done is they've made a game that said, look, yes, things are not great. Life is not being fair to us. And it feels like we're all imploding, but... And it's okay to feel that way. But what it's not okay to do is to give up hope because we have to press on with that. And so I liked the sound of a game that was going to do that. And I also knew that from mechanical, from a mechanical standpoint, even before I picked up the game, I, I was very, very sure this is going to be a, the right combination of light, but not... I'm going to say, okay, it's going to hit that sweet spot between 5th edition and Honey Heist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, like I, I couldn't think of a, right, all the good words. Um, it's not like I yeah. talk for a living. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's and and uh, first of all, thank you. That is huge and means so much to me, Josh. Um, so uh, I I really really appreciate it, especially coming from someone who I admire a lot, uh, and and your presence online as someone who I think is very positive, but at the same time, not toxically. So, um, you are very willing to, uh, call out, uh, evil when it needs to be called out, uh, and also call out Marvel and Sony when they need to put Miles Morales in Spider-Man three. Um, uh, fight me, you cowards. (laughs) um and so uh but but in addition to also saying like hey you know here are things that need to change and here's how we can change them and also supporting members of the community and and uh and being positive and upbeat uh, uh, i just uh i very much look up to you and admire you in that um so it means a lot to me that that you would say that about this game and and the stuff that i've written um and we were, uh, you know, the, the design team as a whole had that feel of like, we want to make a cool game about kind of the end of existence, but we don't want it to feel bad when you play it. Um, and we don't. And and also we do want to land in this spot somewhere between, uh, you know, like getting crunch and having the options of like, cool, my character advanced and I feel more powerful and I can do more cool stuff. And. Um, and I get to roll a lot of dice and it feels great to succeed. Uh, but also, uh, this system is flexible enough that it will allow me to 
do what I would like to do in it. Um, and one of the big things that in Burn Bright is that uh, the player says to the GM, this is the skill I would like to use to solve this problem. Um, and then they justify that skill as opposed to saying, I'm going to do this. Uh, is that an athletic skill? Is that a, you know, is that me using suave? Uh, you know, there's intentional oh, overlap. Be. <laughs> uh, there's intentional overlap so that if you want to use suave um, and you can justify it, uh, you know, um, that that Jacob then can say, OK, great, let's roll it up. Here's what I think the complexity for this role is. So hopefully, Jacob, that you you feel good and not uh, thrown off. It is a great system for players who want to BS their way through stuff because bsing is kind of encouraged <laughs> oh yes definitely but i also very much paid attention I'm like oh here's this word to justify i'm like cool you can't swab a wall right right unless right. it maybe yes. has some sort wait of wait a sentence. second jacob then maybe <laughs> oh. okay and now josh is Quancat, like hmm, Quan how can i do Quancat's this approach is going to be i know what you want wow um <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the the second you said as long as you, if you can bullshit your way through it, it's like yeah i'm home that's it it's gonna be nerdy people play burn bright all the time now <laughs> <laughs> oh what have i signed up for <laughs> i know Pain. this is the gom jabbar <laughs> that's excellent that's excellent um yeah, so uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, it is a, a lot of fun and and people are able to, you know, it kind of hit that spot where they you can do what you want to do, especially if you're a big cat person or a swarm of insects or a giant slug or, or a robot or whatever it may be. Yeah, I, I will say that beyond just picking the species, like everyone, I would say very quickly align themselves to some of the different story paths oh nice! and they nice. were like oh um here is my motivation this is what i want to succeed at and go for and some of them you know i could say like okay i could see this coming others of them i'm like oh cool um ethan it took you three seconds to choose revenge <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious yeah. <laughs> I, I I kind of see Quoncat in some ways um, kind of like a Kenda uh, for those of us who've been in the Dungeons and Dragons universe way too mm -hmm. long where it's like, yes, I want to steal things, but it's not for material gain. It's because uh, they're there and it looks nice and I would like to have that nice thing for a bit. And, you know, I'll, I'll look, I might give it back. I might give it to someone else, but it's it, it's the stealing. That's the that's the fun bit. <laughs> that's great that i am very interested to see uh what what becomes of this game um and and uh kender cat folk uh stealing things for you know so much crime just because they're nice so much crime so much crime. there is a a eno ability i think that just lets you once a day steal something um by uh, by like spending an overpoint. Um, there, so. there is also one, and I picked this one very specifically, and maybe I shouldn't be revealing it uh, in front of Jacob, where you can buy, you can spend an overpoint to buy something, and you've got a hundred days to pay them back, and that 
speaks to my character's level of financial irresponsibility. <laughs> oh, that's a gift to give a GM to be constantly in debt. That's a that's a story gift right there that keeps on giving. I assume it's gonna give is... me an assault tank at some point. Yep, that's Jacob. what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, assault <laughs> tank with no way of you know fueling it, having ammo, you know all sorts of things I can throw at that to make it worse. Yeah. Look, it only needs to work once, and then I've got a tank, and then you know all my other problems can be solved by having a tank. Theoretically, <laughs> but I know like one of the things that with talking with looking at the story paths and stuff that I kind of like really was drawn to with them is the fact that I'm like, oh, I don't have to keep track of XP. I've always hated mm -hmm. keeping track of XP for basically every game that I've played in almost. And I much prefer like, oh, milestone. You level up when a big thing happens in the story and I think it's thematically appropriate. But I like how with this in the story path, it's like, oh, you got this piece of information towards the skull or you found, hey, you wanted to find, you know, a heist. Well, now you found blueprints or something to kind of help you move up that track. So, and then you get a bonus for that. Like that to me feels a lot better and is a mechanic to also keep players engaged in like the story and coming up with stuff. And I really like that. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, that's the, one of the things that especially in playtesting, we had to work hard with story paths was like, uh, are these flexible enough? Um, and are we getting across how they can work? And it seems like now, you know, people really have taken to them. Um, and so, yeah, each story path is like a five act event um, that, uh, again, we tried to keep them broad. So like revenge, right? You could be taking revenge on th the person who killed your family, or you could be taking revenge on that PTA mom who beat you in the baking competition right and, and it's time to get back at uh them so like i you've got this whole sort of gamut that you can play out as a revenge story um and you might you know make different choices along that path um and so every time you complete an event you get a little reward right you, you get to increase the die size of one of your skills or you might get an extra ability or that kind of thing and each event also has uh like a, a branch at some point uh mm. where you know you might do one thing or you might do the other and you get different rewards based on what those are. And sometimes it's like the worst narrative outcome gives you a more unique reward. Um, so, uh, so you might choose to, or, or try to have a bad thing happen to your character to get the better thing. Uh, and you can always replay story paths and stuff like that. So once those five events are over, you pick another story path and start down on that. Um, and that could be the same story path if you wanted it to be, uh, but under new circumstances. Um, so, yeah, and I think there's 40 in the book. Uh, so, yeah, it's quite a I few. don't know the exact number, but I know there was quite a list. But also, I think what you just said with having the different branches, it definitely leans to the fact of, like, sometimes failing isn't just like, oh, I failed and a terrible thing happens. Like, sometimes it's like, oh, I failed. But also now I get this thing instead and like the story can still move forward. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's a big thing, right, is when failure 
brings the game to a screeching halt. Like, well, you need to scale this wall to get to your where you want to go. Oh, well, we all failed our climb check. So I guess we're just going to, you know, hang out here or you need to you need to find the clue. Right. Um, and so it's like, well, if you don't find the clue, we just sit in this room with a dead body that was murdered and no one knows how. Um, so it's that kind of thing of like uh, by by suffering a consequence, you can still maybe uh, find something or still propel the story forward in some way, which is good. I'd, I'd say it actually kind of takes away a lot of the paralysis we get around failure as well. Like in 5th mm-hmm. in, in Ed D&D, there, there is no anything good that comes from failing. There is just you lose hit points or, you know, you get banished to a pocket dimension. You know, you get possessed by an angry spirit. It's nothing good. But in this, it's like, no, I actually need this to fail. So I need to do something that's very complex at something I'm very bad at. (laughs) And that pushes story. And that's great. And I mean, it it, it means that a a player like myself can give my, 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 my game master, Jacob, not quite license to beat the crap out of me. But certainly... It builds that understanding of like, look, it is okay if we play on hard for a bit. It is okay if we go into a situation where my failure is going to happen. I I tacitly acknowledge and accept that because that's how this game works. You fail to get better. It's like life. You screw up, you mess up, you get up, you get on. And that's great. But it means that, you know, the game becomes more like that wonderful roller coaster we call life. To, to kind of semi-quote Mr. Andrew W.K. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, he, whose album, You're Not Alone, is necessarily listening for 2020. Agreed. Okay, Agreed. yeah, but... So everyone who hasn't already listened to that, I'll give you the warning that Josh didn't give me. You're going to cry listening to it, so maybe <laughs> choose when where you're listening to it at, at um, you know... Don't do it in your office, maybe, where other people might be there. <laughs> no, you coward. Do it in the office. <laughs> but I, I will say that one of the things that I found really entertaining when I was first, you know, talking about the game with the group and talking about building characters and everything was when I told them they basically have, like, three health. Mm-hmm. The look of terror on all of their faces was very kind of entertaining um (laughs) but then i explained like how combat is very different than what we normally play of like D &D of like you know hey you have to roll and doing hits and that's what's happening it's like hey it's a very different system like i'm going to tell you what all of the enemies plan to do it is up to Mm -hmm. you whether or not you take any actions to make that not happen yes Yes. And it's funny in my experience, right? Um, a lot of times in combat, uh, player characters end up taking most of their damage, uh, through failure, uh, of skill rolls and things like that, as opposed to, uh, enemy attacks, which they do still definitely take some from sometimes. Can, can I ask, um, and this is going slightly outside of our wheelhouse of TTRPGs. But I know that um, games like Into the Breach and uh, Slate the Spire, they have this, like, um, Into the Breach is actually my favorite example of this because it does it so just, like, beautifully. Um, 
Into the Breach is a game essentially where you are on a chessboard and your giant robots trying to kill insect, huge insects. But what it does is it tells you, okay, this insect is going to do this. Here is the turn order of what's going to happen. And so you have the approach of like what, what, what Burnbright does, where it's like, okay, how are you all going to break this down? Mm-hmm. Um, what was, was that, was Into the Breach a design uh, thing that you took from there? Or what was the thinking as far as like putting that together? That's a great question. So I have not played Into the Breach, uh, and it <gasps> sounds like I should, um, should. because giant robots fighting insects sounds awesome, um, and and that sounds very cool. So yeah, so initially in combat, um, we had uh, we we had it as uh, the. Enemies took individual turns and their attacks had complexities. And then you had to make a skill roll against that complexity to dodge the attack. Right. Um, And we found two things. Right. Because we then we also had the take as many actions as you want. We found that combat was way too easy and took way too long when we did that. Um, And so we said, well, hang on. What if on your turn, using your unlimited actions, you had to dodge, right, instead? So you wouldn't just constantly attack, attack, attack with your turn. You would be trying to dodge and do help out your teammates and, and do other things, right? Um, and that really changed the game. And we got that idea because ship combat, right? It, it's a science fantasy game where you're flying around in a spaceship. Ship combat uh, was already that way um, because we had your spaceship was going up against uh, different threats and we had to figure out like how are we going to make spaceship combat work and what if people are boarding you at the same time and this whole kind of thing and so we did that and and during playtest people said you know, spaceship combat is really cool and challenging um, and way more fun than combat without spaceships. And we said, oh, we should take what we already have going for spaceship combat and move that over to normal combat because that will also, in addition to fixing the things that we wanted it to fix, um, it will make the system streamlined, right? And you won't have these two sort of uh, different points that where there's some dissonance between them now everything is the same and it does give you that feel of like knowing what the enemies are going to do does give you that feel of like uh you know luke skywalker and han solo fighting a hundred stormtroopers at once just the two of them uh because it's like okay but they're predicting (laughs) what every stormtrooper is going to do and so they can kind of counter those moves and that kind of thing I mean, also, I mean, what's the Stormtrooper going to do, miss? That's true. That's true. (laughs) I will point out, not to get too much on a tangent, but in A New Hope, when they find the dead Jawas in the Sandcrawler, Ben Kenobi, right, and, and Luke's, like, going around, and he doesn't, he thinks it's sand people that have killed the Jawas, and Ben says to him, those blast marks too accurate for stand people only imperial stormtroopers can make shoots like that and then the imperial stormtroopers hit nothing nothing whenever we see like how bad a shot are sand people if (laughs) if the the stormtroopers are like super awesome snipers compared to that i i I guess it's because they just didn't have the binoculars yet 
and now that the Mandalorian has given them the improved <laughs> visual tools. Exactly. Maybe. Exactly. They're they gonna like halve them and go, wait a second, you put one of these on here. <gasps> Holy shit. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, um I, I, I like the idea of the the combat being it, it 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 also like seems in a lot of ways where it's more and and I'm not meaning to poo talk fifth edition. I love fifth edition, it's great. But this seems more like, okay, we want to set you up so you can have all those cool moments that you see in John Woo movies or Mission Impossible movies where they just seem to move just just this beautiful choreography. Mm-hmm. And I kind of love that as an idea. There's like, you know, the, the bad guy's going to throw a grenade in. Great. Well, you know, someone's going to kick it back. Someone's going to flip that desk and crouch behind it. Someone's going to do this and this. And you work it out and then you, you know, go like, all right, execute and roll some dice. Yeah. Yeah. That is exactly the kind of thing that we are, uh, that, that we're going for, right? Is that sort of high action sequence um, that, uh, that, like you said, like John Wick, um, you know, getting that idea of, uh, of like, this is really cool. And your characters are, like we said, really competent and really good at what they're doing. And so they can do that and also gives characters, you know, enemies declare, and then you act in any order you choose. And so it gives you that chance to, you're encouraged to like collaborate with each other and say, hey, I've got a great idea. I think this is going to set your character up for success. So why don't I go first and do this? And then if I pull it off, you can, you know, reap the benefits of, of my successful action and go from there. J- Jacob is smiling and I, I think he's realized I, I want to put these people into su- such a situation where they try and do something so ambitious that Josh is the one that screws it up for them. I'm just thinking of all of the very many ways that these failures are going to happen and go wrong. <laughs> and just yeah. jotting ideas down so maybe I don't have to roll it on the table and just, oh, this seems accurate of what might happen <laughs> yeah jo- josh it. you can't crime your way through a fight all the time but technically it's assault that's a crime <laughs> depends on where you are in in burn bright's uh, galaxy <laughs> <laughs> in they uh, do you have specific discussions about the different cultures and ecologies and the makeups of the different uh I don't know if it's planet or system, but one of those two things. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. like, yeah, we, and you can make your own too. Yeah, yeah. We did that a little bit for Tyler's character, mostly because nice. he was like, "Oh, I kind of want to do." Like, he had a vision in his head, and it was like, "Okay, like, this makes sense when you put these things together." Like, I know you're doing this for a little bit of mechanical benefits, but also, hey, this is now a story and an entire place I can use potentially against you. (laughs) Excellent. Yes. Yes. It's like when people give themselves a a family, but they've given themselves an entire planet. Uh, So, yeah. Tyler. (laughs) Again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, look, then he's got people who've heard of him. Um, Sorry, that's us throwing shade at Tyler. He deserves it. 
Um, take that, Tyler. Yeah, take it. Um, <laughs> w- w- one thing I, I did love about the uh, the, the Inu um, is they're just inveterate bullshit artists. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, you lie to one of them and they're like, ah, that was actually pretty good. I'll get you next time, buddy. It's like, <laughs> that, that's a culture I think we can, I think we need to bring in. Like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I scammed you, but it was funny, right? Yeah, it was pretty funny. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. That that's part of the, it's, it's more acceptable to lie and wheel and deal in their culture. And that is, um, you know, credit where credit is due. Cat Cool, uh, who is part of the design team and is the host of the Autonomic podcast, um, which uses a system similar to Burnbright that, that she created, you, you know, using the stuff we created as a team, but a, a different world. Um, she came up with the, you know, and, and that lore and this whole idea of them too, like, trading on favors right that like their whole economy moves on like uh every eno is like well i owe you these favors but this guy owes me favors and we owe each other favors and that kind of thing um is really very fascinating right so uh, a lot of fun a lot of fun uh, unfortunately we probably are gonna have to finish that there um i do have a job i need to go do because yay i like where i work now um, Hooray! That's the I know, best that's thing. Awesome. I'm so Great. happy for you, my friend. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get into it because it's, you know, dull. Um, but anyways, um, James, um, I do want to say thank you very, very much for giving us your time again. Um, it, it's always a huge, cool thing for me to speak to someone who's got not just the design chops, but also the personal attitude that is just like, hey, I, I don't just want to make cool stuff. I want to make, I don't, I, sorry, let me rephrase. Look, I'm going to start again. I don't just want to make stuff that makes people's lives more enjoyable. I also want to be the kind of person that makes people happier as well. And and that's a cool way to be, man. Thank you. And, Thank and I'm you. still looking forward to your dad's monster manual because I, I want to buy that. <laughs> it will be coming soon. It's in layout right now. So, uh, so yes, uh, before the end of, of 2020, it will be a, a, a bright spot in the shit storm that is 2020. Um, so, and thank you. Cause this is also a bright spot. I big fan of both of you. And so it's awesome wow. to, uh, to be on here and, and to be chatting with you both. So thank you. It was great getting to and... chat with you. And also, I mean, instead of it being like a, bright spot in a shitstorm it's like hey it's you know the nice decorative thing to go out on like you know that's positive right. ending that's right a positive ending <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like the sun coming up in the lord of the rings movie uh the second one and then gandalf and the hear him come down and there's time to sort some shit out <laughs> <laughs> um J- james where can people find you online because they should look uh, so best place to find me is twitter.com slash James Intricasso uh, or worldbuilderblog.com. Awesome. Uh, Jacob, where can people find you? Yep, you can find me on Twitter at jabbittsiu. Excellent. And uh, I can be found at Nerdy People D um, uh, Please do check out the uh, actual podcast, uh, sorry, the actual play podcasting that we do as well. Um, and also I just want to give a quick shout out to D and Deej and, uh, March one studios who did a lovely, um, stat block for me Yay. with a cat person, which is, <laughs> it's great. It's me. 
Cool. Uh, everyone, please take care of yourselves. Please love each other. It's it's tough, but it's getting better. Done. Thank you. Sorry, I'm so used to us ending with the bye. Okay. <laughs> that was my head. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>